the Odyssey app. I was just watching the first first flop called in Summer League right here. We finally had it. it the happened. Grizzlies-Thunder game. Or wait, is it? No, it's, yeah, it's the Grizzlies and Thunder. Yeah, I was like, who's playing right now? Grizzlies-Thunder. It's the Sixers-Jazz that's coming up next. I. It's not just like the, the charges, too. Remember, it's also the guys that like pretend they got an elbow to the face. Right. That's kind of what we're looking at there. The whole, like, when you could tell it's like half a second late and it's, oh, like, oh, whoa, oh, hey. Oh, my mouth. Oh. Oh. Yeah. That, there's going to be more of that. It's it's hard, though. And, and they didn't blow the whistle right away. So it was like the basket was still – somebody scored, waited till the end of that play, then they blew the whistle for the call. So that's our first example. There we go. And you may be getting situations where the rhythm of a game could be taken away like replay does. So there's that to think about, too, with this, as we right. went through the long list of what-ifs with this new rule. Now, do you think, because oftentimes one of my favorite things is when somebody does that, right? They, like, mm-hmm. fake getting hit, and then they yeah. check for blood after. Oh, like, yes, like that's the classic. Like, we know you get hit, but you're like, oh, no. Do you think you would still sell the checking for blood after you get called for the flop, or at that point, you just have to drop the charade? I... Because there's going to be someone that's still going to check. No, I, I got hit. Like, we have the slow motion replay. You're going to have there. to keep selling it. You can't pull back after that. that just, it just looks way worse. you got to keep arguing. You know what that proves, Nick? Everything is pro wrestling. <laughs> Every, everything is pro wrestling. Even hey, when we know you didn't get hit, you're still selling it. This is all st- it, 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 all it is is campaigning, right? You're campaigning for something to go your way. Like I said, we <laughs> see it in soccer all the time, and they're doing the same thing. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna create this image of a guy smacking me in the face, so you're gonna call a foul. Oh no, he didn't hit me. No, no, he did. No, I swear. He did. No, he did. I swear. It's here. Yeah, it's, it, didn't you? Didn't you see it? No, come on. No, it's really serious. Yeah. So, I've just. I, I know what the NBA is trying to do, but it's a, it's a very, very broad, it, it, they, there's a lot of gray area, a lot of gray difficult area. to call play that's already loaded with like charges that are already hard enough to call. But hey, I'm here for it. Uh, yeah. As long as it doesn't screw me anywhere, I'm fine. Especially like let it happen in the summer league too, because I'm not betting a ton of the summer league stuff. No, I'll do I'm a little. Here, here's what I will say. Well, two things everybody should always remember for summer, summer League. The first thing is pump the brakes on thinking somebody's going to be a superstar because they had a great Summer League. That is, There will be somebody, if not multiple players, that are absolute studs that look like Devin Booker in the bubble or, you know, who... I mean, T.J. Warren in the bubble. Devin T.J. Warren's probably a better example because it's not like <laughs> Devin Booker's actually Devin a really Booker good player. Devin Booker actually is good, yeah. Right, but, but you're going to have that. Remember that that doesn't mean they're going to be a star. So calm down. The second thing is always bet on summer league and not preseason basketball. Yes. Because you're at least with this, you're getting games that matter. It's an actual tournament. And we talk about the in-season tournament in the NBA now that's starting this year. And it's going to take some time to really create the true feeling of you're playing for something when it's not really an NBA title. But in this, not only is it a tournament and it's competitive, you got guys fighting for their basketball careers here. So you're going to get everybody playing their best every single game and at the end of games it's not like preseason basketball where like just they're just wrapping it up in the fourth quarter nobody cares let's get out nobody they're get going hurt for it you're they are going for wins in this every single night yeah there's at any given point nine guys on the floor that need to go get buckets so they can get yes. a contract. Yes. You know, because the, the Stars very rarely play anymore. So, like, the fact that Brandon Miller's playing is great. The fact that Chet Holmgren's playing is great. But those guys are rarely playing as, as you get deeper there. So, you, you're going to have a spot where there's nine guys on the floor that just need to go get a bucket to prove that they can. And you're going to have Victor Wembenyama up against uh, Brandon Miller on Friday. Completely sold out. 
Thomas and Mack Center in Vegas, completely sold out for that. The NBA has turned Summer League into an absolute event. A show. They do that better than It started trickling around until, like, Zion, I feel like, was when it really became... They'd already kind of gotten into that tournament format. They kind of saw what the potential was. And then having Zion make his debut before he didn't even play the rest of it. But that was... You had that feel. I mean, you've got, like, celebrities there, NBA stars there. It's treated like an event. And that is what's made it to the point where the NBA stays... Look... The NBA stays in the news, and they care about that, even with Summer League. And it doesn't hurt that the cities that are hosting it are, are pretty decent cities to be in, right? Like, you you can you can hang out bad. in those areas. Yeah, Vegas, now, not Vegas the is supposed to be the three-night limit, though. Let's be honest. You go right. more than three, it can be tough. It, it is. I, you know, I went a couple months ago. I was two and a half there. It was, yep. it was perfect. Two and a half. Perfect. Didn't lose all my money, so we were good. <laughs> it's... Yeah, but you're right. I mean, it's it, you, when you have them, and this is the big one too. Like they've got the California Classic going on now. It's out in Sacramento, but that's not the big one. The Salt, you have the one in what Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. That's going yeah. on the J. Yeah, so you have that now. But like, look, we're going to see like Keontae George get out there for the first time. That'll be like you can and, see some of these rookies. That, yeah, Oshie Abaje as well. Yeah. He was really good in Kansas. The, like I, I like that. Be, and there's also occasionally too the oh he's still playing. Where's he been? You know the names you haven't heard in forever. Like the, <laughs> the big three kind of takes away some of that now because they've all gone to the big three. But the guys that are trying to still keep their NBA careers alive, and you're like Luke Ridnour. I don't know. He's still playing uh, he's, basketball. He's still around. Good what? For him. So what is he doing to warm his hamstrings up every game? It takes thirty minutes. <laughs> but I mean, there's nothing more. It still doesn't trump NBA free agency. Doesn't top that. Can't get past it. NBA free agency. The rumor mills. Even this. Even what we've had. It's it's, it's simmered down now. Friday was fun. I love doing Friday's show because I've done a few of those free agency specials at other networks where it's live on air as it's happening. One after another. One after, after the another. other, and it's just live reaction. That's how Friday went. And then it trickled on, obviously, into the weekend. And then finally the Dame Lillard trade request came out and all that. But you know, that, that left then Portland sitting around going, we just committed to give $160 million to Jeremy Grant. And apparently they're still going to do it. Which, that's that's their fault. That's They should have, listen, they should have at least known what was going to happen ahead of time. They should have planned ahead. But the, I, I like Jeremy Grant. They overpaid him because they wanted to show Dame Lillard that, hey man, we're going to be aggressive. He's a good offensive player, and that's about all he adds to the table. I mean, that that's Portland's fault because even if you keep Dame Lillard, like you don't need to pay him that much money. Like you, you can undersell him a little bit. I don't know what the market was for Jeremy Grant because let's be honest, nobody has cap space. So like teams had all of the leverage this year to maybe underpay guys a little bit. So if you're signing five years, one sixty to Jeremy Grant, that's a you that like that's a Portland issue. That's them. They need to be smarter than that. This is an organization, Nick, that it feels like at every opportunity they have to kind of be aggressive and be right. They take the wrong stance because this is aggressively wrong, giving this money away. They should have traded Dame before he asked for it. They, they should have. That should have been the way this went. You trade him before the draft, before he asks for it, and say, listen, man, we're not going to do this runaround every single year. This is where it ends. We respect you. We will help you get to a destination that you would like to go, but we are doing what is best for us, and Scoot Henderson is going to end up being our future. Now, I do understand. They did not know Scoot was going to be three. Mm-hmm. There was still the potential that Charlotte drafted Scoot, so that plays a factor into this, but the organization has been waiting for moves and reacting instead of anticipating this is a this is a reaction move that they should not have made. You should you don't give him 160 million dollars. They, you they just don't. You, you what you have to do is you have to see the writing on the wall and understand when your team is ready to hit the reset. The Wizards weren't able to do that because their owner didn't want them to do that, and instead they Stelly. toiled in, in mediocrity. And Portland, 
Blazers have been toiling in, in mediocrity and NBA purgatory for years, clinging to a star for too long, and it's, it got to the point where they got look. look let's, the Blazers got lucky landing that pick and getting who could, someone that also could be a generational talent in Scoot Henderson. Right. And what makes it just so it's almost organizational malpractice at that point to just sit there and after that try and throw money around at random players. When you know this team needs to go on a full reset of the like, you have to hit the clock and hit the reset button. They knew that this would be the time. Look, I get it. I know how important Dame is to that organization. They should have seen this coming. They should have had more of an idea, especially because they just had a sit down with him. Right. You can say publicly that you're, you're committed to constantly trying to show that you're going to win and we're going to still build around Dame. You have to have some self awareness. We talk about the NHL. The NHL is terrible at announcing things. Like they started their free agency the same time as the NBA. Nobody Bad cares. Move. They announced during that the the the, um, the pandemic shortened season, the, the 56 game schedule, when everybody was just playing in their own division, and that's it. They announced the schedule on an NFL Sunday in December. What are you doing? And it, so Can't it's the same it. thing with teams like the Wizards or teams like the Blazers or anybody else that's not willing to make the tough decision and hit the reset button. Fans are either – look, some are just never going to get it. There's enough smart basketball fans out there in every market in this country that understand when a rebuild is done and there's actually a blueprint and a plan and steps to go forward, fans can accept that. Right. It works, and it has shown that it works. I think more NBA teams need to be okay asking for help. If I am Portland and I am crafting this plan, if you are doing this inside the organization – Yes, people inside the organization are saying, let's form a big three with Dame Lillard, Jeremy Grant, and potentially Draymond Green. If you take that to any third-party source that is outside your organization that knows basketball, and you say, all right, we are going to form a big three with Damian Lillard and Jeremy Grant, you are stopped there. We're saying, listen, if you're going to form a big three that's going to compete for championships in this league— Jeremy Grant is not the guy. He is the Aaron Gordon to your big three that Denver had. Really, you just need a two-man game. You need a two-man game. Who is the two-man game going to be? And you need a capable third and fourth option. It is the Denver approach. If you are building your 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 big three with a guy that historically has kind of bounced around a little bit, you are not the ones that are all of a sudden getting this right. That's not how that works. You need to be okay asking for help so someone can be easy with you and talk to you nicely and say, you're not making a good decision. This is not, this is not the way to handle it. I, some people rip the Rockets in free agency and the spending that they... I actually like what Houston did. Do you? Adding Fred Van Vliet brings you a veteran presence to a team that has a lot of... You, you definitely don't like it. I can see the I, smirk on your there, face. There's something there. There's now, something here's there. what I will say. Dylan Brooks got a lot of money. That was a lot there of was, money. There was what it was. But Dylan Brooks also does add defense and a toughness to a team that had absolutely no discipline whatsoever. The problem is you worry. Here's the thing. People didn't look at Dylan Brooks the way they do now until he opened his mouth. He was looked at as a really good defensive player that sometimes could hit shots and sometimes couldn't. The shot, shot was inconsistent. Too many times. And, and shot way too many times and started to think that he was Jordan this year. Really, This was really the year where it happened. But look, they had, the, they had $65 million in cap space. They were considering throwing all that money at James Harden. Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks is a better addition for that team than James Harden is. I just, the, the, the one thing I worry about is it's all Dylan Brooks related. I like Fred Van Vliet. Wouldn't have given him as much money, but look, you got to sign the guy. Eventually, yep. you know the cap is going to Now, rise. remember, we said that about the Knicks and Jalen Brunson, and look what happened. And that worked very well. I was absolutely on the wrong side of that. I think everybody was. Everybody the issue was. is with Houston, they do have a maturity issue. 
and Dylan Brooks isn't the guy to fix that. I think Fred Van Vliet is. I think he can come and say, look, I won a championship, and we know his story, undrafted. Like He is a workhorse guy, and he's going to bring that to that locker room. I just worry about the immaturity element that Dylan Brooks is going to bring to these young guys that you are trying to build up, and eventually they're going to have to move one of the young guys. Whether yeah. that be Kevin Porter Jr., I, I, I would someone's going to have to I would be shocked move. if Kevin Porter Jr. is still on that roster when the season opens. Right, because with the Thompson brother coming in there, I think he could be really good. Yes. you got to put the ball in his hands, though. Right now, I thought their depth chart had him as a small forward. He was more of a point guard when he played with overtime elite, so you got to put the ball in his hands. He's a great playmaker, great passer. So I love the Van Vliet signing with what they have there. I'm just cautious about Dylan Brooks. Yeah, but you have Ime Udoka, who's not going to let any BS happen. That he is turned true. that Celtics team that around is true. after the first half of the season. It turned the it gets about January, and it was should they trade Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown? What are we doing? And then all of a sudden it clicked, and they started playing defense. Dylan Brooks is going to be the extension on the court of the defensive mindset that Ime Udoka is going to instill in this team. Right. So that's why that move was made. Yes, it was a lot of money, but when you really think about it, if you're the Rockets right now, what the hell do you have to lose? Yeah, you have yeah. nothing, and you have a head coach that wanted to go there but said, I want some veterans on this roster. Well, they got two. So, I actually, I really like what Houston did, but don't get me wrong. I get it. The Dylan Brooks thing was still a lot of money, and that's that's the scary thing. But, I mean, look, you look around, man. This wasn't a very, wasn't a very deep free agent class. No, it wasn't. So, guys are going to get paid maybe more than they would have in other markets. It's like somebody getting just drafted higher in a year when – you know, they probably would have been drafted for outside the lottery. Just right. There just was less talent in that pool. But I think this is going to be the new trend where you're not going to see marquee free agents hit the open market. Like, this year was harder than Kyrie, but, you know, there was some baggage with James Harden. There was a lot of baggage with Kyrie Irving, so it wasn't really the same. And you kind of knew that Kyrie wasn't going to leave Dallas. You know, there was Dallas no for him had to, to go. Him. Where would he go? Right. Unless he wants to take less money. Dallas And Dallas had to keep him so they could show Luka, hey, we're still we're still in the market of winning. But this is going to be the future, Nick. I don't think you're going to find your best player in free agency anymore because guys are going to get locked up to big contracts. And then eventually teams will say, if you don't want to be here, we'll flip you for some assets down the line. Yeah, and listen, that's the NBA wants to make it so teams just don't lose star players for nothing. At least if there's a trade the players can always you can't you can't stop trades you can't and you can't no. stop trade requests either but what you can do is at least set these teams up to make these moves and hopefully do it at the right time and don't do what the wizards did and wait three years too long and then you don't get anything back for beal when you could have had a haul of first round picks a couple of seasons ago it finally took some adults in the room to actually help that team do it but it's it did it after they give a no trade it's right of course just i couldn't of course it was but i saw the writing on the wall with this i knew exactly what it was going to be all right we're going to guess some win totals for teams next look at some other winners and losers of free agency and what that's meant for the uh, futures market it's been mgm tonight